We're joined today by the CEO of Ameren, Illinois, who is going to be retiring in the near future, Mr. Richard Mark. Mr. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me on, Well, Appreciate it. I want to begin by just asking an upfront question. Uh, how do you feel about retiring from Ameren? Well, you know, it's uh, it's just time. I, I just had a recent birthday, so I'm 67 years old, and I've been here 20 years, and uh, it's uh, it's time to, you know, look at what I'm going to do next, to do some traveling, spend some more time with family and grandkids, and, and, uh, and maybe even, you know, take another chapter of my life and look at something, a little different area or career-wise, not career-wise, but just something I want to do with. It's something that's fun to do. It's just uh, so, you know, it's it's kind of thing we all kind of live for and work for your life. So I've been working since I was 15 years old. So it's uh, it's 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 kind of a bittersweet kind of thought situation. I hate to leave the Ameren and the people um, that on my team here. I got some great people that I work with and the communities that and people that I've met. But it's just time to uh, take that next step and uh, do something different. Mr. Mark, I remember 10 or 12 years ago, I went to a town hall meeting in Marion at the Williamson County Pavilion, and there were probably a thousand people there, and they were all very upset about uh, their utility rates and things that were going on at that time, and Ameren's name was um, just about the same as, as mud at that time. Um, but, and this is not to blow smoke, as they say, uh, under your leadership, Ameren's reputation as a company has improved dramatically. Who do you give credit to for that? I think you deserve uh, considerable credit for it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, it, it really wasn't me doing anything other than helping the people at Ameren try to to understand that you've got to get your message out there. The issues that happened at that time, you know, when the state of Illinois decided to go to market-based rates where, you know, instead of being under a regulated utility that we had in, you know, the previous hundred years before 2007, Illinois changed their entire way of, of utilities operating. But no one, you know, Ameren really didn't do a good job of, communicating what was going on to the public. It's like this this kind of part we're in right now where legislation makes dramatic changes. And since utilities are regulated, you know, you really don't have a choice of what you do. You have to follow what the rules of the state are. And I just think Ameren didn't do a good job of explaining that to customers. And unfortunately, you know, I think it, it basically changed the entire energy policies and the energy dynamics of the entire state of Illinois. And, you know, so today we're looking at some of the challenges with being part of MISO and not having generation in our own state. And instead of being a, a state that was energy independent, we're now becoming a state where we're a state that we actually have to import energy. You know, I, I just think that, you know, I, the team here has now recognized that, you know, it's important for us to get out and tell our story. It's important to meet with the mayors of those small cities, whether it's Carbondale or Anna or Galesburg or Energy or Mud, Illinois. It's important for us to meet with the mayors, the city council, the county board executives, the state reps, the state senators, all the way up the line and let them know so that they can help. They can also be advocates for themselves and for their own communities. 
I give it the credit to the whole team. We're speaking with Richard Mark. He'll soon be retiring from Ameren, Illinois, after how many years? Uh, 20. 20 years. Well, I actually been in Ameren, Illinois, 10, and I was prior to that, I was with Ameren, uh, Missouri. So I did t- the first 10 years of my career was at Ameren, Missouri. And then in June of 2012, I was promoted to president of Ameren, Illinois. And it's been a great 10 years and uh, met some great people like yourself. Well, you know, you mentioned something said you've been working since you were 15. What was your first job? <laughs> my first job was I, I wanted a car. And uh, my dad told me, he says, if you want a car, you got to make a down payment yourself, you know, and, and get out there and buy it. So um, he helped me buy a, um, he fronted me the money to buy a used, beat up lawnmower. <laughs> and I basically went door to door and, uh, and, and started cutting grass and, and working odd jobs and asking people if they needed help doing things. And I did that for, till I turned, uh, I was able to buy a car when I was about 15 and a half. And, uh, and then I, um, that next summer when I turned 16, uh, I was being able to, you know, get a job and I worked, actually I started working out of the labor hall in Collinsville, local 44. And my dad had been part of that. My dad was part of that local, local for almost 60 years. And, um, and so, uh, I started working, you know, as I could out of labor hall when I was 16 and got my card when I turned 18 and, uh, just worked every summer whenever I was home from school, I tried to work. And so, um, you know, until I graduated from college, my dad made that a point to give me the, if I was working in uh, the hall, I, he gave me the point to make me to get all of the worst jobs there were for a young kid to do because he wanted me to, he wanted to emphasize the importance of getting a good education. And, um, and, and so I worked all the way through college and, uh, and in fact, several years after college. But uh, my first job was, you know, basically in the neighborhood and then working as a, as a union laborer. You know, I view you as sort of a classic example of the American dream realized. I mean, it seems like you came from fairly uh, humble beginnings to be a person that has rose up through the ranks of uh, the private sector. And I'm sure that while you may not be wealthy, I'm sure that you are comfortable and despite, I'm sure, many, many challenges over the years. And so I, I have to think that even though you're retiring from Ameren, you mentioned doing something fun or, or maybe looking at something else to do in the future. Can you reveal what you might want to do? Because uh, I got a feeling you're not the type of guy who's ever really going to quit working. Well, well, thank you for for that. Well, I uh, I probably won't. I'm not the kind of person that sets around. But you know, I I, I kind of want to do things that that I have an interest in, and um, I want to do things that you know I think uh, uh, will make a difference. I mean, so you know, I'll probably do some uh, volunteer work. I've been involved and have tried to help. Jackie Joyner, Kersey, uh, Boys and Girls Club in East, in East St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, so I've done a lot of work with Jackie and helped her raise my, some, you know, funds to sponsor programs that she does, um, with, with, with young people in East St. Louis. I, you know, I think that's a great program. And there's other things like that I want to do on a volunteer basis. And, um, and, you know, I think also, you know, there's some things that I want to do with my kids, you know, they're, all three of my children now are grown and, and they have children. Um, but, you know, they, they, you know, having some time to spend with them to really help them look at 
their their future and and how they can make their future uh, and their children's future you know better and for them you know and uh, so and I appreciate your comments about you know growing up and and, and having at some point of success but you know that really has come from my parents I've I really you know people ask me all the time who's your hero uh, well my hero is is really my parents and because they gave me the foundation to understand you know and have good values and a strong work ethic and a strong you know desire for education and continuous learning um, and and I just think that's is something that isn't talked about enough today and I think anything I can do in the future to to, to help families and to help young people understand that, you know, you have to work hard for anything you're going to get in life. And it's just not going to come to you, um, you know, uh, free. And to try to look at programs and, and people who are in the communities doing those types of things and support them. So, you know, that's what I see myself doing in the future is picking those things I want to be involved with and trying to, to really help you know, young people understand that they can be as successful as they want to be, but no one's going to give it to you. You've got to work hard for it. You've got to earn it. If you were able to just speak frankly to the Illinois General Assembly about their energy policies that have been adopted over the last few years, what would you say to them? Well, I would say invest in hiring um, the right people who understand energy policy. You know, energy policy uh, is 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 something that is very, very technical and very complex. And if you don't have people that understand that business and they're trying to write energy law or energy policy, you're, you're going to really have chaos. And I think that um, a lot of states, and not just Illinois, but a lot of states do that. You have to have the experts there, and they can't. it can't be a political thing. It has to be what's best for your state and what's best for the residents of that state. Um, you can't have people – I was reading um, an article yesterday uh, where a member of the Sierra, uh, Sierra Club made a comment about Cameron was holding up uh, solar projects that were in the queue, that there were thousands of solar projects. Well, you know, that's just not having knowledge of how the system works. We don't hold up. We, we don't even, we have nothing to do with what's in the queue. That goes to a, a national organization called the, the uh, MISO, and they award those projects. And all we do is then, you know, put them in place and help that developer. But when you have people who are making and very outspoken, who don't know what they're talking about, who don't know the system, all it does is create chaos. So I would say to the General Assembly, you have to have people on staff that are experts in that field. You just can't take a intern or a law student or someone that's only been, you know, in working in government for a year or two and say, write this complex energy policy. You know, the current energy policy we have is 1,200 pages almost. Um, to understand that, it has to be people who know how those things work. To know that if if you if you if you do. A, it may affect something down the road like B, C, and D, you know, uh, that anything you do has, a, has an impact. And if you don't get it right, 
you can have a significant impact on the customers and on the residents of your state and on on your ability to really be competitive in the future so i would my advice would be have people understand it have collaborative um bipartisan um, meetings and discussions they, they you can't negotiate energy policy in the back room in closed session it's got to be everyone's got to be at the table because you have to understand the impact that energy policy has on all segments of of our of our of our state yeah and it's important that you say that the impacts it has on all because you know whether it's rich middle income or poor uh the legislation adopted has an outsized impact on those people on the lower ends of the economic spectrum. And it feels like this latest uh, legislation that was adopted, uh, the Clean Jobs Equity Act, uh, really has had the biggest adverse effect on the people that it purportedly was supposed to be helping. And those are the folks on the lower ends of the economic ladder. So it, it gets very confusing, I think, to people like myself who have observed the political process for a while, that the ultimate outcomes are not the intentions of the legislation. And that is sometimes difficult to understand. Right. It's, it's you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with people who just don't understand how, you know, energy policy works. Not only you, you have to understand not only how it works in the state, but you have to understand how it interconnects with federal rules and regulations. Like the gentleman who, you know, from the Sierra Club who makes the comment about Amron's responsible for not doing these sold these major solar projects. He doesn't understand that number one, Illinois law doesn't allow us to be involved in, in doing those types of things. Number two, federal law says that that's that that is that is uh, the job of this of MISO or the the mid uh, you know the 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 transmission operation or organizer for the entire Midwest. And and this having being having that lack of knowledge is dangerous. You know, it's dangerous for like you said, it has negative impacts on the on the most vulnerable citizens of our state. Richard Mark is with us. Um, are you going to have any hand in selecting the next uh, position to take over your uh, job at Ameren? Well, no, um, they, Amron, we have just, we did select and just announced this week, uh, the new person that's coming in, uh, Leonard uh, Singh. Leonard is um, a 30-year veteran of the utility business. He's coming to uh, Southern Illinois from um, uh, New York. He said he was with the Con, Con Edison uh, utility up in New York at Red and basically was in charge of electric and gas there. So uh, he was selected by um, uh, the Ameren CEO and and um, the board of directors, and, and he's basically uh, it came to town this week. And so we're uh, trying to, to work with Leonard and uh, get him familiar with Illinois and um, trying to make sure he understands the important things that, the, like communities and working with the small communities throughout the state that are, are important for, uh, I, I believe, to be successful uh, utility going forward. So I think he's going to do a good job. He's very, he's very um, uh, knowledgeable and has a lot of experience. And 
we have a great team at Amarin, Illinois that has helped over the last 10 years to get us from, like you mentioned earlier, 12 years ago, we were at number 14, 15 out of 16 in J.D. Power. And so um, today uh, we're num- we were number one at the end of 2021 last year. And we intend to continue to work to meet the needs of our customers and to, to keep our, our, our customers informed, educated, and safe. When is your final day? My final day is August 1st. And, um, well, that's a Monday. So, you know, that Friday before is, is actually my final. But um, the first thing I'm going to do is my wife and I are going to take a, a little vacation and get out of town. And uh, I just didn't want to work up the, wake up the next day and think, oh, aren't I supposed to be going to work or something? You know, I just want to, like, wake up and <laughs> go on a vacation for a few weeks and try to relax a little. Do you think your staff will uh, fill your office with black balloons or uh, pull some sort of prank on your last day? They're already trying to do that today. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the other day they, they said, oh, you got this meeting at four o'clock. And I, I walked into a vacant room. <laughs> there. You know, so uh, so they're still they're uh, they're they're getting back at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, a sign of a, a good uh, working atmosphere that they feel comfortable enough to uh, to pull those kinds of things. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Mr. Bark, we uh, appreciate your time very much this morning and uh, we wish you the very best in your retirement. Uh, so ever long as it may uh, last. And I'll give you the final word if there's anything that I didn't ask about that you maybe wanted to say. Well, I would just say, well, thank you. And thank you for all you do at Murfreesboro and, you know, communities and being involved with what you do uh, in Illinois. And, and, you know, it's it's I, I, I really cherish the small towns throughout the state, you know, and and and. You know, I, I've really tried to get our team to focus on those are our customers. Those are, are the people we've got to talk to and be involved with. And I just hope that uh, continues. And I just, uh, you know, it's something that I really cherish. And, and I just want to thank everyone out there for, you know, really helping to and partnering to really make Ameren, Illinois, one of the best utilities in the Midwest. Richard Mark, our guest today. Richard, have a great day. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you.